there. I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of Live Healthy, and this is the Live Healthy podcast. Each week we interview health and wellness leaders and talk about all the things that are good for you, which you can also read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women in the UAE. And now, here's this week's guest. This is so exciting. I'm going to do a little intro before, like, of course, I'll record one about everything that you are. But, um, yeah, first off, one thing that I wanted to ask you about is I've heard this new term on TikTok and social media about multipotentate, multipassionate. And I feel like you're the epitome of a multipassionate mm. person. I mean, business, acting, yoga, poet fitness, probably many things I don't know about. Yeah. When you were growing up, did, did your parents, did your family say you have to choose or were you told I can do many things? No, I guess I was, I was very blessed to have that like, it was like a clear table and I could just choose as what I liked. I think I got that. Um, I mean, my dad's quite multi-talented and so is my mom, um, but my mom's done lot of different things in her life um you know from filming to to uh being an athlete to being a model to being a you know and um i think i think definitely i took a, the best of both worlds i'd say for my my both my parents and uh i say growing up look i mean growing up my brother was from a very young age wanting to be a movie director which was very 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 unknown in the UAE as an Emirati child. So, um, you know, and they were supportive of that. And then obviously I then followed through wanting to get into being a football player, which is much more common, but um, I'm very happy and blessed to say that, you know, we were given that you know, uh, freedom of choice to do what we love to do. So long as it doesn't really conflict with, you know, our morals and our beliefs and, most importantly, you're not doing something that harms anybody, uh, first and foremost. So, And what did you, this is a huge question, but what did you learn from your football career? What are the biggest lessons you took? Uh, discipline, first and foremost, of course. Like uh, Discipline definitely is, as a football player, you have to be there day in, day out. You know, Basically, you have no life but football. So your life becomes the game, uh, which... I was fortunate to experience because I loved football. It was, it was, it was my life. Um, I think it teaches you also a bit about being uh, naive. So I think, you know, sometimes, you know, you can sit there, you sit there as a football player because you, you focus on the pitch. The football is also a business and you have to work, you know, and pull the right strings outside of the football pitch through getting a football agent or whatever it may be. Um, so I think, I learned a lot about being uh, naive. So I was very like, okay, I get on the field, I perform well, I work hard, I'll get a, I'll get a spot. But it doesn't necessarily work like that. You know, you have to also have the, you know, the right connections, use the right agents, you know, have the right approach, the right strategy, as you do in everything else in life. So I think it taught me that. Um, 
um, definitely, I mean, teamwork. Um, uh, you know, when you watch your players, you know, make your teammates, you know, make mistakes or they get sent off or they have an injury and they're down, you support them and they support you. And, and, and that feeling of, you know, that bond of the team, uh, it really, it really does help. And now obviously through, you know, whether, whatever relationship you have in your life, whether it's your family, friends, or at work, it does uh, add to that. Um, but yeah, it, for me, I think the most thing I took out of football was the drive to succeed, no matter what the consequence was. I I went through a lot of hurdles and, and injuries and um, and situations where I was like, you know, there was a brick wall in front of me, but I kept knocking, you know, until, you know, it was, you know, time to put my hand in, my gloves up, basically. But I did get to experience the beautiful game. I uh, did play on a professional level, not for as long as I wanted to, but I'm glad that I managed to at least achieve that and experience that in my life. And why did you end up leaving and how did you handle handle that? Um, so I had a uh, few head injuries. So I had three head fractures. The last one was a uh, it wasn't a fracture actually it was a concussion there's two head fractures one the last one was a you know a concussion it was actually the worst one out of the other two and um yeah and then and then to be honest with you i was also having you know internal situations with the club and and then it was timing there was you know the the touch points of my age because i stopped playing i played from 13 to 20 then i stopped for a few years more than a few, like five or six years. And then I signed a professional contract at 27. And then I played for uh, a Lane football club uh, professionally for half a season until I had I got my injury. But um, how I dealt with it, I mean, um, obviously through the head injury, you, you, you know, it does bring you down. It's post-concussion, you get that experience anyway, that, that you know, touch of depression. Uh, but simultaneously, because of what I was going through and the amount of hard work I put in to get to where I was at and facing that, you know, it it, it wasn't easy. Um, but I'd say it was definitely a stepping stone of many stepping stones for me to get to where I'm at currently. I think there's many other experiences I've faced in my life that were much tougher uh, to deal with. I think I dealt with the football experience uh much better than maybe other areas but um but yeah again you know they say hardship is a mother of growth so you know I'm, I'm 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 glad for anything that does come no matter how hard it is uh, it doesn't get easy it doesn't get easier it's just being more aware of it yeah. you know um i guess if you get out of the football topic i think you know i've also you know i'd say i've done things in my life that i'm not super proud of you know, as much as I'm super proud of things that I have done, I also I'm I'm very open to say that I've also done things that I'm not super proud of, and I think I think it's very important to um, as a man to acknowledge those things, to address those things, and then to kind of like try and manage and how you observe yourself through you know that cycle. You know, is it happening again? How are you reacting? How are you controlling uh, yourself? And um, and yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm I'm definitely going upwards, with obviously a bit of a you know it's it's not as we're trying to we have to just try and sus make it more sustainable. 
So if you look at it like a stock market, for example, and your life experience, it's up and down, it's up and down, especially with your mental state, especially with your mental state, you try and want to keep it less volatile, you know, try and make it sustainable. You can have no control for it to drop down. You will drop down, but sustain it, mm-hmm. observe it, love that bit, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, you know, no matter how, you know, I can sit in front of you and tell you, you know, I've, I've gone and done a yoga teacher training. I went to Thailand for two months and, you know, I'm not going to sit back and say I'm all enlightened and I'm all knowing and all that, but not at all. I mean, uh, it's a daily practice. It's it's every day you learn more and more about yourself. And I think, you know, I I'm I'm proud of where I've reached. Yeah, although I still have flaws and I still have areas that I need work and I need to improve in, but I'm ready for them. And um, you know, I'm just trying to be the best version of a man that I can be uh, for myself. And then, of course, following through to the people that matter most to me, and then the rest of the world. <laughs> Do you ever feel there's a lot of uh, coverage of the post-concussion syndrome in the U- United States? Do you ever feel that you have lasting impacts from that? Do you sometimes wonder if mood issues are related? Um, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say it was that kind of impact. The impact I would say I probably did have was probably a bit of a memory. Uh, I did lose a bit of memory, but I think also at the same time uh, I do have to like check myself. Maybe I don't. Have ADHD or, you know, as we all do some at some, at some level. So, uh, but no, thankfully, no, no, no. Um, no I didn't. Okay. So we'll go back to yoga. We'll go back to the other things, but let's just talk about hijack for a moment. Cause yeah. that's why I'm here of in front of you, which is wonderful. And I watched it and loved it. And um, I've got my shirt from Canes for today. I don't know if you noticed. Oh, you made, oh, it's a plane pattern. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. So I'm curious when you're at a project of that level with that popularity, like I think it's still the number one show on Apple. How does that change your life? Because you were front and center in those first, those first episodes. Yeah. 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 Um, to be honest with you, look, uh, like I've done film work before and, um, you know, I love being on set. And every time you do do something you love to do, naturally you kind of like enjoy doing it so you don't feel as pressured um with hijack obviously with it being hijack apple original series edris alba you know it it was it was definitely like um you know a bit nerve-wracking at first but i think you know you you once you get to set and they treat you as an equal and you start to realize like hang on a second you are worthy of being here and that is why you are here and and then you just kind of like, you know, it's very important to have the right people around you and everything that you do. And I think on the hijack set, we were very fortunate to have an amazing team all on in, in every angle of the uh, uh, production. You know, everyone was very supportive, made you feel very relaxed and, and gave you the freedom to be able to express on the set and, and on, in the scenes and, it was an amazing experience, to be honest with you, and I'm very grateful to be able to be a part of that and and especially represent, you know, Emirati actors on an international scale at that level. And I just think this just goes to show, you know, I am one of many uh, talents that exist in this region that are fully worthy and deserving of these international opportunities. I just think we need to find a way uh, in the industry here to 
you know, extract that talent and try and send them overseas. Um, possibly maybe even like there's plenty of uh, hit movies, uh, Hollywood coming in and being shot in the UAE, for example, the Mission Impossible and many others. And I think, you know, there should be some sort of kind of, uh, you know, rule that like if any international film gets shot in this part of the in, in the UAE, then there needs to be some local talent hired. It's kind of like an emiratization yep. thing. Just so, and I, I think it goes, it's it's a mutual uh, benefit, to be honest with you, because I think, first first of all, you're going to, you know, have the benefit for the Emirati to be part of a production like that and extract the experience. But then you're going to get the authenticity mm-hmm. for the Emirati and for the, you know, you know the international uh, crew being here too. There's, there's, there's a lot of touch points when you have somebody from the actual region that can help you. And it makes a huge difference. You know, the authenticity makes a huge difference. You know, you get like one Emirati guy watching a show and you see that it, it kind of like bridges loyalty and, 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 and then wants you to be like, you know what, I want to watch that again. That, that person went the extra mile mm-hmm. to make sure that our culture, our ways, our was fed into that. A scene or story, and I think whether it's an Arab story, whatever the story is, I think it's authenticity is so important because it then teaches you cultures, right? And that's what life is about. That's what film is. It's sharing stories. Well, that was one of the things about Hijack that was neat, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, there's it, having lived here, it's sort of like my mom was a nurse and she hated watching medical shows because mm-hmm. she'd say there's never six people with a stretcher running, you know? <laughs> so the world just gets a different sort of wrong impression. And mm-hmm. Hijack, it felt like it was there wasn't anything that jumped out at me that I thought if I'm listening to you, you know, I mean, you grew up acting in your brother's films, you've acted professionally in your brother's films, but if I'm hearing you, I just heard at the beginning, you struggled a little bit with something many of us struggle with imposter syndrome. Did you have a little bit of that? Um, And when you were, when you were on hijack, did you have a little bit of imposter? Because it said, it sounds like you were a little bit unsure and then it was such a great experience. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Naturally, when when you get on, I mean, it's it kind of happened to me even with football. To be honest with you, when I stopped playing for five years and then I re-signed a professional contract, and then I'm on a private plane now, flying, and my teammate is the, you know, Sweden number nine World Cup striker. It's a similar feeling, but as soon as you get on the field, just as soon as you get on set, like I said, you have the right people around you, you have the right team, you have the right support system naturally everything falls into place and then you just <laughs> perform. You're ready to you know, do your show. <laughs> yeah. Okay. One thing about your character in that show that I loved was he just had this spidey sense that something was going on, even though everyone around him didn't want that thing to be going on. And we've all been in the job where something's happening that's going to take you out of your regular, regular day and mm. it's going to be a whole big thing and no one wants it. So your character had that spidey sense. Do you, that intuition... Do you, ha- you obviously have that. How do you foster it? How does it, how does it play out in your life? Have you always paid attention to it? Uh, depends on what, <laughs> so, you know, if it's, if it's, if your intuition is telling you something that you don't really want to hear, and that, that's actually the very challenging part about listening to your intuition or your gut is that like, you know, sometimes you, you feel it and you follow through and sometimes it's easier because it's not something that, carries a weight in your life, but then sometimes your intuition uh, can tell you to do something you don't necessarily, or make you feel a way that you don't necessarily want to you know, do. And uh, 
And that's where you kind of pull yourself out of that bubble and observe uh, your behavior. And then again, I mean, you could listen to that intuition or you can ignore it, but, you know, it will keep coming back and reminding you of what needs to be done. And um, unless, of course, there needs, there needs to be a significant change within that uh, narrative or whatever mm-hmm. the situation is. But it's very interesting. I think I think I've reached a stage in my life when it comes to um, you know a mental state is that you know I'm 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 way more observant. You know I'm way more accepting. Um, I'm way more accountable. Um, I you know you know not perfect. No one is, and we always say that as a cliche. But in reality, nobody wants to hear criticism. And I can tell you till today, I don't like to hear criticism, but when I do hear it, I do take the time to sit back and, you know, digest it. And if, and if I, for example, do do something wrong, I'm, you know, you know, I remove kind of like my ego or pride. And I think that's very important. And, I, you know, I become that apologetic very quickly. And I feel like, you know, life does become a bit lighter, smoother when you're more accepting of your own flaws. And I think more apologetic to the wrongs that you may have done to others. Um, or even to yourself, really. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's a very interesting journey when you start to observe rather than just live without actually watching what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of people just live life without watch it. I did for a long time. And I think that experience kind of, you know, over time kind of darkened my soul, I'd say. Um, and like, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel any growth. I didn't feel any purpose. And I just think I was just diving into a deeper and deeper and deeper hole, which then, you know, uh, you know, made me, made me wake up at some point and realize that things needed to change. Uh, and yeah, some, I fell into depression about three years ago, three and a half years ago. And uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting uh, at the time. Um, and, you know, it, it was based on an experience that happened in my life. And I can say it was, you know, again, I'll take full accountability for whatever did come into my life. And, and I think your own behavior kind of does reflect on what ends up coming in. But then also there are times where you can be behaving in a, you know, graceful, beautiful, honest way, but life still will come and test you. Um, and that's what's you know so interesting about life. But I mean, but yeah, when that did happen, I, uh, you know, I just had to make a decision to make a change. And and the first and foremost thing that I did do was, you know, get into the element, get into the zone of, starting with looking after yourself, which is training, wake up early, you know get closer to your faith, you know, but I was, I started doing yoga every morning at 7am and uh, yoga just slowly pulled me out of that dark state. And I thought, you know, outside of my business uh, activities and, and, and all the other things that I do do, I thought, you know, what else can I do in my life that adds the same value that yoga had given me in my life, which was a tremendous value. Um, and, and the only answer was to learn how to teach uh, so yeah, I flew to Thailand uh, and I had an experience of a lifetime doing my teacher training in Koh Phangan, uh, the island of Koh Phangan. I was there for two months 
and yeah, that's 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 another story. We can dive in that for, for like a while. It sounds to me like you were living a bit of an unaware life, mm-hmm. and you weren't. A lot of people struggle with the job of taking responsibility for ourselves. Yeah, and people think they're taking responsibility for themselves because they're going to the gym and they're seeing their families and they're working. What like? It's like you had this crash and then you realize I need to take responsibility for every aspect of myself. Do you have to have a hard thing happen to you to get this? Do you have to struggle with mental health? And when you started doing those building blocks, like Mm -hmm. you mentioned those building blocks that pulled you out of the depression and that, you know, it's not that you don't start to veer down again if life happens to you, but those core building blocks. Yeah. I, it's a very good question, but I, I think, you know, I think that's why, you know, we grew up with parents, we grew up with siblings, you know, we grew up with teachers, we grew up with, you know, people that are there to show us and, you know, teach us and, you know, and everybody has their own journey in life at the end of the day. So like some people would, you know, listen and, and follow what they've been told. And some people would need to experience it themselves. And I guess I, um, I guess I did a bit of both, but in some areas of my life, I guess I had to learn the hard way um, and kind of learn for myself, which I do think is also very valuable. Um, but that doesn't mean that you ha- this is the only way for you to, you know, mm-hmm. that's my way and another person can learn another way, you know, uh, vice versa. But, but yeah, to, to, cut, to cut a long story short, I think, you know, that that journey that I had gone through, basically just the hardship that I had gone through, I think what I when I look back at it now, I remember in that recent period, I was very much like pointing fingers and and you know, you know, still self aware of you know what I was responsible of, but I was more pointing fingers to it. But I feel like the more you sit back and be accountable the more you can be at peace with yourself because the only thing that you can control in your life is you and you can't control anything else. So once you become accountable for you, that is the only time you can accept and grow you or change you for the better. If you sit back and start pointing fingers, you're just going to sit in the same seat and potentially rot and, and, and not have that opportunity to, you know, get onto that next level, get onto that growth. And the only way you can grow is by, you know, accepting, taking accountability, knowing you're not perfect, you know, being open to speaking about it and observing your next steps way more, you know, consciously, uh, which is what's happening now. And again, I won't sit back and say I'm perfect. I, I have my ups and downs, but um, I'm, I'm very happy and proud to say that I'm I am better than where I was and I hopefully will be better tomorrow and every day after. Well, it's interesting to hear you talk about because these are Bud's words right now, victim consciousness, when you're sitting in a sort of victim mentality. And it sounds like you you were, even though you didn't think you were. And I think a lot of people don't think that they are, but yeah. they are. I fall into it myself. Mm-hmm. So um, it's neat to hear you say sort of like pull yourself out of it and you can sometimes veer back in. Mm-hmm. What's your What's your top advice to someone who's struggling with their mental health now, a, a guy who's struggling with their mental health. It's hard for, it's hard for you guys to talk about. 
I mean, again, like I said, like, you know, um, there's so many different aspects of life of where your mental health can, can, you know, can be affected. And I think if you can kind of just, you know, steer yourself to the present moment and be grateful for the little things in life, which are in fact the largest, your existence, the miracle that you are, how you are even existing in this earth, how you became a human. Um, and just count the blessings, you know, your family, who you have in your family, some people don't have family, so let's say your friends, like there, you, there is always something to be grateful for, so at least maybe start off with putting yourself in the present, count those moments. And I think having that battle with acceptance um, is the hard part, you know, whether it's accepting, you know, um, losing a partner or losing a dream or losing a job or, or being financially in a difficult position or whatever it means, uh, whatever uh, the situation is, is, I think that battle with acceptance, you should just try and be very gentle with yourself. I think it's very important. And, and observe your thoughts much more consciously in the sense that like, know when you're bringing yourself down because life is going to bring you down and the outer forces of people, experiences, etc., is going to pull you down. And you are the only thing that is permanent in your life. And you're the only thing that can control whether you are up or down. So just try and be gentle with yourself and, um, you know, look after your heart, look after your mind. And, and play that game like it's 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 kind of it's almost like a game like where you're fine tuning yourself you know it's okay that you messed up it's okay that you've lost your job or your relationship it's okay and and there's no really right or wrong you want to go and work for it go for it with the cleanest and best of intention by all means you know but and if not be accepting of it and you know, there's, and like I said, there's so many different aspects and experiences uh, to how your mind can be affected. But I think, you know, first and foremost, pull yourself to the present, count your blessings and and be gentle with yourself. Be conscious of how you speak to yourself. Talk to yourself a little better, a little differently day by day, and you'll start to feel the difference. And you will talk to yourself, even though you, you know, you, you speak to yourself and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to start speaking to myself better or, you know, differently. There's going to be the time where your mind's in your way. Your mind is so powerful. It can, it can literally make you fly or bury you on the ground. And I think, you know, just, just be observant of the strength of that mind that you have and don't let it just go astray. Don't, don't do actions just based on doing an action and know the aftermath of that action and the energy you might receive based on the action you do, whether it be for yourself or the other person uh, involved. So I think just try and live a clean, happy, good life and uh, be gentle with your heart, with your mind. Be grateful, keep yourself in the present and just aspire, I guess, for growth. And that's what I'm trying to do anyway. I'm not a, I'm not a specialist, <laughs> but um, I'm trying. And yoga, you know, a lot of guys, uh, they're like, no, yoga is so, you know, you know what they say about yoga. How can you encourage men to, more men to do yoga, to get actually to the studio and get inside and try? To be honest with you, like, that's actually another, 
point that like when I went to teach yoga, obviously it was to add the same value that yoga added to my life for others. But also it was kind of like, I like to kind of like push boundaries and, um, and I want to kind of like change the conversation on men doing yoga, teaching yoga, or yoga being looked at as a religion. And I think, you know, the the market here in Dubai is actually it's it's, it's growing. It's there's a great yoga community. It's very strong, and uh, there's a lot of, you know, it's it's picking up. You you start to see more and more men coming to the classes, even Emiratis, where initially you didn't see as many. Um. But I think how how you would get them to come, I guess, um, probably by going yourself, <laughs> first and foremost, like you go yourself and you be committed to it. And then they will naturally be like, hey, like, you know, I'll, if, if he's going that much, it's got to be good, you mm-hmm. know. And then you kind of like automatically, you, you influence yourself and that energy will kind of like almost influence others to do better for themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, start from doing it for you. Mm-hmm. And then people will observe that and say, hey, I'm influenced and I'd like to try it out. Doesn't mean yoga is for everybody, you know, but it worked for me. And um, you know, some people have different ways and coping mechanisms, but yoga helped me a lot and I highly recommend it to anybody and everyone, all ages, fitness levels. There's always that excuse where it's like, I am not flexible enough. <laughs> and I used to play football. I'm still not, I teach yoga. I'm still not that flexible, you know, but it does build a lot of physical strength. It builds peace in the mind, teaches you how to breathe. Um, it teaches you a bit more on life and being more conscious. And uh, that's what I like about it a lot. I love that it's not a competition and it's you and your mat. It's not like a sport. <laughs> um and that's that's how I actually structure my classes. So my class is actually called the journey flow, because okay. um, we're all on our own journeys in life, but we all have similar qualities we can work on to live a more content, happy, peaceful life. And for example, uh, the qualities that we share. So you're on your own journey. I'm on my own journey, but we share qualities we need to work on on a daily: being more forgiving, being more present, awareness of self-love, being more grateful, being gentle with yourself absorb how you absorb energy you know embracing change all these experiences that we we share that and we need to work on so every class is based off one of these qualities and every quality is 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 has a poem dedicated that i write for the class and then we do like a guided meditation on say forgiveness um with like soft shavasana you know music relaxing music and then as soon as that stops Kind of like slowly wake up, volume goes down, put the volume back up, and then I get into a deep house music, which becomes very energetic, nice, you know, uh, fun music to like move to in a heated room. None of my none of my classes are the same sequence. I never write my sequences. It's always in the moment. I flow. So as I flow, you're flowing with me in the moment, which I actually really like. And then, and then yeah, towards the end we do the normal class that you would expect you know but it's a bit more boot campy and a bit more fast-paced and then towards the end in shavasana which is the corpse pose or surrender pose is where i then deliver the poem um on whatever the theme is and then um, yeah then you come up and we talk about we do like a guided meditation and then on the wrap-up you know i tell i ask everyone and myself uh, it's kind of like a therapy for me too at the same time so it's like I ask everyone and myself to be grateful for the things 
the little things that are the largest, being more aware that you're the only thing permanent in your life, and certain important, you know, touch points that we should be more aware of on our day-to-day. And then I say thank you everyone for coming in. Uh, my name is Muhammad Mustafa. Welcome to the journey flow. Salam alaikum. <laughs> and I and I, I kind of changed the namaste to salam alaikum because I like to kind of again like share, you know, the things in my culture and where I come from. And you know, you get a lot of people go alaikum salam and then they, <laughs> they bow down and it's, it's a beautiful experience. Honestly, I love doing it. I've thought about. I mean, it might not be much to others, but for me, I just did my hundredth and seventh class. Uh, recently, so it's, it's it's been going on, and I'm looking to doing way more. And these poems, you're a poet. These poems come to you. Yeah, they almost come from somewhere else through you. Can yeah. you describe that process? Yeah, it's 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 very random. Like I I and I, and the and the way they get written is literally, they, I don't take time on them. They're they're just I'm going through a certain experience in my life. You know, say. I don't know, let's say uh, lessons, you know. So I went through an experience a few weeks ago and the idea of, you know, what did I learn from that experience kept, you know, consuming my mind. So I, I, and I would think a lot about it and how did I need to learn from that experience? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to write something on lessons. So then I just pull out my phone, AirPods in, Shavasana, soft music, just to get into the zone. And then I just go. I, I don't know what the angle is, but within five minutes, it's done. And then I'm ready to then give it to the class. Sometimes in the parking, if I'm in the class and I'm like, okay, they've heard all of this, what should I do? And I just kind of feel like, how am I feeling today? Did I have some, do I, based on how I'm feeling, do I have something written about that? No. Again, we share these qualities, right? These experiences we all share. We have our own journeys, but the qualities that we need to work on are the same. That's what's beautiful about us and human beings and, and, and the differences in our journeys and how we share knowledge and experiences differently, but they're basically the same, but different. And then people absorb different information differently. You know, how some people are compatible to one and others mm-hmm. aren't and, you know, it's it's and, and you have to be grateful for the differences as well and, and enjoy life as that you know the beauty of how different everything is you know um how boring would it be if it just stayed up i guess we wouldn't be grateful we wouldn't be appreciative we would just yeah, be uh brats i guess I don't know. we'd all be brats <laughs> but yeah so what uh i mean i could talk to you all day but I have two more questions. One is, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you're involved in venture capital. There's a lot of people who are very confused about finance in the world. And I'm just wondering if you have any lessons you've taken away from your experience in that, that might be implementable. I mean, you know, um, when it comes to, I mean, fundraising, so if you're doing VCP, you know, you're, mainly, you know, dealing with investors, raising funds, sharing deal flow, sharing knowledge, uh, getting into different communities. And, you know. I think is, is you know, it depends, again, if you're an introvert, extrovert, obviously, if you're an extrovert, it helps. If you're introvert, it doesn't necessarily mean you can't. You know, you can. Uh, it's, it's all to do with dealing with people. But I think you need to be ready to know that you don't know everything. 
So don't sit in a meeting trying to boast about everything you do know. Be very genuine and, and, and honest about what the product is and what your level of knowledge is and that you're, you know, you're learning. People admire that. They like, appreciate that honesty rather than you, you know, trying to throw big words in that potentially don't make any sense. <laughs> um, I think, I think also if you're, you know, dealing with an investor, I think it's very important to know that no doesn't mean no forever. It means no for now, which mm -hmm. means always keep the investor posted on the growth. Um, never think that, oh, okay, he's not coming in on this round and that's it. I'm not going to, or have that ego attachment that, oh, because I'm going to know I'm, it's a very dangerous uh, place to be because, you know, that investor could be on the next round or the round after your support for your growth for, you know, every round and he could be not just assisting you with capital growth, but as well as strategic growth, which is, I think that's another point. I think also if you are dealing in, in, in investments in PEVC, I think, you know, capital is everywhere and you can burn money in a week. Um, but what's more valuable if is smart money, strategic investors, and just got to be a bit smart of who you want to partner with. Don't partner with anybody. You know, just because you're getting money. So yeah, I guess those are a few points. I think that's really applicable because you've just said be curious, focus on relationships, watch who you partner with. I mean that that can apply at any level. Yeah. That's in your personal finance as well. Okay, so what are you will we be seeing you in other productions? Or is that a part of your life you wanna pursue? What are you doing next? Well, to be honest with you, I've 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 been in contact with a few agents in LA. Um I have my agent in in London at the moment. Um, there's a lot of film work coming into this region, Saudi, Dubai. And um, there's potential areas where I could start producing, uh, not just acting or producing and acting uh, or co-producing. Um, and there are a couple of roles, potential in line, nothing I can talk about or confirm. Uh, but yeah, it's exciting. I mean, I'm, my day to day is, you know, um, adding any kind of value to the uh, my family business, which is my great grandfather's legacy. And for me, just that's that's uh, you know uh, something that puts my mind at peace on a day to day. But if I can then do that, continue teaching yoga, and you know, as I feed, you know, the you know, the, I wouldn't call them clients, but the guys and girls that are practicing with me, I, we automatically like share some a beautiful experience together and hopefully pull out something nice from that class and where someone could grow or feel better physically or mentally. And um, and yeah, I actually just set up um, another business uh, last week. It's called the Element. Uh, so it's called the Element. Get in your zone, and it's 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 um, basically fitness boot camps all over Dubai training. So there's going to be yoga, but mainly like, you know, body weight training. As I started with uh, my partner, uh, James in Copenhagen, I tried his classes there and he moved to Dubai. So I set it up here. And the idea around the element was, you know, everything revolves around you being in your element, your element meaning, you know, so even when we're, we're going to be our sign or, you know, thing is when we take pictures with uh, with the groups it's going to be like that so it's like you know you're flexing your bicep pointing to your head, you're pointing <laughs> to your, head your element 
And the whole idea there is just to make the right conscious decisions every day for you to feel better by training, eat better, behave better with yourself and with you know, uh, people in your life. And, um, and yeah, just to, to be in that element. And hopefully we're going to be doing as well as like the loyalty program. So when you do become a full member, you start getting discounts at places where that, that basically are supposed to feed you, um, you know, a healthier, better life, which would be, you know, whether it's meal plans, whether it's meditation or yoga, whether it's certain books that you could read or, you know, uh, uh, recovery. Um, there's like uh, for like IV drip recovery, ice baths. So I'm, I'm we're going to have that, but we're launching that hopefully in the next two weeks. So I'm looking forward to that. Great. We'll look out for it. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the Live Healthy Podcast.